Pereira's had his most success for the body tonight. Oh! oh. Hello and welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our UFC 281 review. Uh, headlined by Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereja for the middleweight title. As per usual, I'm joined by my regular co-hosts Tom Ballam and Tom, I have to ask the question. Did this live up to the lineage of the UFC MSG card? Most certainly, Joe. Everything we would hope for. Uh, we got the intriguing striking matchup between the uh, the middleweight champ and his biggest rival in combat sports, Alex mm. Pereira. Not only that, but we got a vintage Michael Chandler bloodbath, balls to the wall showing, uh, and a whole lot more, which we're going to get into right here. I'm sure. Loved absolutely. it, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is this this card was tremendous. <laughs> Let's just open with that. The most unsurprising part of this review I've flew by tremendous finishes tremendous matchups as well that was that's that's the key well it indeed it it did fly by Joe and that's because they set a record for the most first round knockouts on any UFC card was it seven I believe so that's incredible absolutely incredible anyway we'll get to those first round finishes but first we must start with the main event which finished in the fifth round I can't quite believe it, Tom. He's done it again. Alex Pereja defeats Israel Adesanya for the middleweight title in round five by knockout. Well, TKO. Well, TKO. TKO. And I knockout think sounds s- better, but it, it does. But it, but it wasn't that, Joe. It wasn't. It, it wasn't that. Now I got to say, I'm coming fresh off viewing it just a few s- seconds ago. We've been waiting to talk about this all day, and I've had the great pleasure of seeing that fight. Um, it sticks very clearly in the mind, um, given its proximity, which is a great help to me. Mm. Um, now, we've got to start with that distinction. KO versus TKO. Was it a good stoppage? Yes. That was a good stoppage in my mind. I can see the smirk on your face is suggesting you disagree. Izzy was I disagree. Done. Izzy was done. No. And no. the ref saved him. Mark Goddard saved it- him. Izzy was certainly in deep waters. There's no question he'd eaten some big shots as the slow-mo showed. One of those signature left hooks going around Izzy's guard and landing mm. plush, turning the jaw. But it didn't put him down. Uh, yeah, Pereira fell up, followed up with a few more. Uh, beautiful hooks. I mean, the guy is a, I mean, mm. he's a scary man. But for me, Izzy at the end, he's still he's still bobbing and weaving a bit. He, he, he's yes, not on from, his way down. From the concussive blows, he is on his way down. He's slumped forward. Like uh, To me, that's a perfectly fine stoppage. He said a nothing to you in, in Izzy's reaction himself immediately when Goddard stuck... stuck like, he as, knew what was happening. As most fighters would. Not fighters, fighters who have been KO'd, Joe. <laughs> They're not complaining. I mean, I, a, like, I don't want to see Izzy get knocked out. I don't want to see that, but I suppose what we've got to do is we've got to talk about the rest of the fight to to explain why I feel particularly aggrieved and sorry for Adesanya that it went down like this. Okay, all right, that's interesting. Okay, should we just should we just go round by round and talk about it in that perspective and build 
through the fight. Okay, so fight starts off here, and I'm just going to put this out there, that going into the fifth round, I had Adesanya 3-1 up, and I presume you had the same thing. Well, I'm glad that you've got that faith in me, Joe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I had him three rounds up, and actually uh, I committed the cardinal sin in my judging in that I did give one round to Pereira, but originally I'd given the second round, which I presume was giving to Pereira, I gave that mm. to Izzy as well, and then I thought about the forward pressure that Pereira had in that round and the takedown at the end of it. Um, so, yeah, three rounds to one, and I could have I could have seen four for Izzy. Yeah, I could have seen four as well. That second one was close. First round was very close as well, up until that final moment at the end yeah. uh, with Izzy landing this fantastic combo of left jab, fainted the left jab again and then threw a right hand that caught Pereja flash on the chin rocked and then lands a left hook just on the buzzer at the end of the first round 10 seconds left of that round Adesan is finishing on is generous (laughs) he threw it he threw it on the buzzer and then it landed after yeah yeah sure come on no I mean I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to dock a point or anything like that but um yeah it I had actually given that round to Pereira. I was kind of writing it, and I had, mm. I had my head down at the paper because I thought it was over. <laughs> and then that was—I mean—that was the standout moment. Yeah, but P- Pereira was clearly causing him big problems. Yes, this was this became walking him down. Yeah. Forward pressure. Um, nice leg kicks. Yes. Really key component nice. which Pereira would build on and the thing that was most distinctive that was coming out to me was just uh, Adesanya's inability to manage the distance in the way that he normally can mm. you know, to, to fight the fight on his terms Pereira was able to get into striking range and back Izzy up and Izzy couldn't escape out the sides yeah for sure that's, that's the main part of this is that you know we had Adesanya 3-1 up going into this fourth round, but those rounds that he won, they were incredibly close and competitive due to Pereja marching him down, marching him backwards. And it's like, essentially, Adesanya... Well, what became very clear also by the end of it is that Pereja just carries such a, a knockout threat late into fights. Like, that is just something that is just he can fall back upon of just like if i'm in there at the end i'm going to be i'm going to have that opportunity and i think when adesan you know he's throwing these low kicks and it's not getting rid of pereja jabs to the body it's not he's not fading he he's can't still, back him up he, he, he can't, can't back, back him up he can't back him up you know adesanya's a game is so good it makes you think should he develop that b game a lot more and we did see a bit of a b game in the third round from Adesanya, where he took Pereja down and just rode him, just wrist riding him, pulling the wrist away over and over and over again and dragging him back down to the mat. And Pereja, at the end of that third round, was exhausted. I'm slightly skipping ahead, but let's go back to the second round. I gave Pereja the second. He landed some really big shots in that round. In terms of output and significant strikes landed, it's about equal. Mm. But they were Pereja landed some really big single shots. Um... He handed like a really nice left jab and then immediately with that left hook followed right behind it. Um, and also I thought Pereira's takedown at the end of the second was really good, how he sort of turned the corner to get Izzy down. Well, we've seen so many people have trouble with that. Um, mm. And yeah, he took advantage of, of the you know having the cage to run into. Mm. Uh, and as you say, turned the corner, just kind of 
uh, just ran him down basically. Yeah. I think, I'm not sure DC was giving it a gold star. <laughs> it wasn't uh, ecstatic about the about the technique, but the, the point was, it was there, you know, mm. and that that was something that Adesanya probably wasn't expecting late in the second round. Yeah, and also then you factor in Pareja's size into that as well, is that it kind of reminds you that the only other man who's ever taken him down is Blahovic. Mm. And it's like, yeah, it probably needs such a size advantage over him. 220 to pounds, something <laughs> I think Pereira weighed, weighed last night. That's incredible. It's, incredible. it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, really, really terrifying. So Pereira wins the second, Izzy wins the third through the takedowns. And I actually found the fourth round... I think is the most important round of this fight. I've got a theory about this round. I think Pere had punted the round to allow him time to recover from that third round where he looked absolutely exhausted and bedraggled and he gave himself that fourth round where quite literally in the first three and a half minutes of the round Pereira didn't really throw anything. A couple low leg kicks, nothing much. He was mostly letting Adesanya was coming on to him. Well, Izzy, uh, Izzy was locking up clinches whenever yes. whenever Pedro would come forward. Whenever there was forward pressure, Izzy would, would lock him up and mm. tire him out that way, which I think was tying in with how we thought Izzy might intermingle the other elements of of MMA mm. in that, you know, to resist that forward pressure, Izzy did go to the clinch often. Mm. Uh, now, whereas earlier in the fight, in those clinch positions, Pereira, he was ripping shots to the body, he was getting knees yes. in, and he was uh, ripping uppercuts to the body too, as well as, of course, that signature hook. Mm. Um, in the fourth, like you say, that, that just wasn't there. And the question was, is he is he just fading? Or, as it turns out, was he saving something for the fifth? Do, do you buy into that theory? I mean, I'm, if he has done that, I think the, if he has done that, and he saved himself for the fifth round so that he has something there at the end that's an incredibly ballsy move and it's worked I mean Pereira he's a beguiling guy I I can't I don't know what to make of him Mm. he's just a very interesting individual starting with the walkout where he did not blink for three minutes whilst Mm. native native music was thundering away and his eyes were laser focused I don't think he turned his head off Mm. its centre axis at any point I mean and then skipping forward ahead when he actually wins the belt barely breaks into a smile like, yeah, and then he like, acknowledged his family in a very like robotic way and then just marched off out of the cage. He's, he's ice cold, this dude, isn't he? He's ice cold. Yeah. Incredible. Anyway, fifth round then. Pereira then goes back to pushing Izzy back along the, the fence. Izzy's rolling with the shots. And that is the fatal flaw here, is that Adesanya skirted along the edge of the cage, which he's done against a lot of his opponents, and he rolled with the punches... Eventually, unlike in a kickboxing ring where the ropes, you can lean with them and you can get that extra bit of head movement and distance, the cage isn't going to lean with you. It's going to keep you bolt upright and essentially squared Adesanya up for Pereja to land on. And when those finishing blows landed and Izzy started to go, my word, it was... I mean, I had chills watching it. I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And... Immediately, I know probably you're thinking the same thing. The first thing that popped into my mind was Leon Edwards, where this fight and Edwards over Usman has now potentially ruined all future title fights in a way, in that I'm going to go into every fifth round going like, well, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Whereas before, you'd be like, I can kind of see where this is going. But incredible. Absolutely incredible finish to this fight. Yeah. I mean, I have to come back to it, though, Joe. I'm not. 
happy with the stoppage. I don't know. I haven't seen other comments on it. I haven't seen wider reactions to it. I know Izzy did acknowledge Goddard kind of in the ring after the, after the event and, mm. and kind of say like, okay, that was probably all right. I don't know. For me, he was he was we he was weaving. Yeah, he was he was in trouble. A lot of trouble. Uh, but I would have like. Well, I wouldn't have liked to see because I'm not. You know, I'm not so safest. Yeah, yeah, right. But um, I could understand why, from on a competitive basis, the defending champ. You know, I I, I think I think he should give earn a few more. A few more. Come on, Joe. We've seen we've seen champs be given a lot more a lot more yes. rope than that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I, and also considering. He's winning the fight. He was in control. Yeah, but you shouldn't factor that in. You should only factor in the moment that you're looking well, at. And if he's hold on, hold on. I mean, we're going to get to it later. We're going to get to Chandler Poirier later. Hmm. Now, without any spoilers, listeners, that is full octane, empty the tank, just wild shit, <laughs> and Chandler gets mashed. Hmm. Um, now, if it's Chandler in in the fifth round after the fight he fought with Poirier, and he's in that position. I'm I'm stopping it. Yeah, I'm stopping it. But I'm just saying, Adesanya hadn't taken that much damage. It'd been a very controlled fight. Mm. I, I I I it's it's early. It's early. I'm, that's my position. I'm I think it's a perfectly fine stoppage. And it's so, not out, it's not an outrage. It's not no, an outrage. Is it's more of a curio of the fight more than like a the main talking point. I mean, even so, that like Izzy's coaches said to him, it was a fine stoppage. Like they've come out and said that, and it's like you know, if your corner's saying that about it, it's just like, what else can you really complain about? Is Adesanya thought, doesn't seem too bothered. Well, either. yeah, I, I thought I was going to hear from him post fight. I found that very strange. You know, we did, did hear the, some from some people post fight. He did the post fight press conference, right? And in an incredible coat, by the way, you've got to see this just for the coat itself. Um, I don't know how many animals were killed to Joe's, make it. Joe's fashion corner, <laughs> but it was quite something. Um. Yeah, should we? Well, should we just talk about the future then? I think well, that's where we're at. Alex Pereira is the middleweight champion. Is he yeah. in? A, is he in a way? I mean, okay. There's two. There's two things that pop into my mind here. He's one of the most decorated combat athletes of all time now. UFC middleweight champion, glory and a, champion, and then glory two weight champion. That's pretty incredible. Pretty pretty incredible. Can he defend the belt? <laughs> that's, now, that's my other point. Yeah. Is he the worst UFC champion? Well, this currently? is just it. Yeah, I, I mean, I know one man who would be very happy to see this result, Joe. And yeah, he, the Reaper. He's, he's finished grilling shrimps on the, bar, on the Barbie. You know? yeah. the, the Barbie is closed. He's looked mm. up in the sky and he's heard the call. The siren's gone off. Mm. Because he, he, I mean, he would love to fight. Alex Pereira. We're talking about Robert Whittaker here. Oh, we are talking, yeah. By the way, if if for some reason Adesanya doesn't get the next title fight because he's not that bothered or he wants to just do something else, fine. Robert Whittaker is going in there in a wrestling singlet and wrestling shoes. <laughs> he is taking Pereira down yeah. to the ground. It yeah. is just going to be like... I mean, Whitaker must be absolutely elated. And by the way, any talk of like, oh, I wonder if Vittori or I wonder if maybe Brunson or maybe Strickland could get in there or Cannonier, blah, blah, blah. No, it is either Adesanya. Mm. And if he says, no, I'm not bothered at the moment, then it's Robert Whitaker. That is the only answer to this now, question. 
let me just ask you there, Joe. It seems like your instant uh, preference is for Adesanya, as we would normally expect for a you know, mm. five-time defending champ and a guy who's unbeaten in his weight class. Mm. Uh, do you put any what extra consideration on the fact that you know this is the third time he's lost to Pereira? Should he not go and fight somebody else? You know, no. Put... no. What are we doing here? Of but, course, he, of course, he should just fight Pereira again. I mean, that's what they should do. I, I, I would have him fight Whitaker. You'd have Pereira fight Whitaker. Yep. But you're you're a big Robert Whitaker fan. That's why. <laughs> that, that's beside the point. That's definitely not uh, influencing me. No, I, 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 to me, I do. I put weight on the fact that it's his third loss to, to Pereira. I'm not saying really? he's, he's in. Yeah, I do. I'm not saying he's ineligible to fight him again. I'm just saying that Pereira. I think he's beat the man three times. Mm. He should be able to defend the belt against somebody else if if he can do that. And obviously, if Izzy can go and win a fight, then then he's next. That's ludicrous. I'm sorry, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm not having that at all. It's a different sport, for one, that we kept citing in the previous episode. So I'm citing it again here. Adesanya was a reigning and, defending and yeah, champion. Uh, well, and Pereira's victories translated across, and in in the much in the same way that Izzy was outpointing him in the first fight, and then ended up getting stopped in the second. Pereira stopped him again, Joe. Like, what, what's this man supposed to do? How many times do you want him to fight Izzy? I'd say one more time. Joe, he's only got four fights in the UFC. Let the man, <laughs> let the man experience what, the sport. What, lose to Robert Whittaker? <laughs> let, let are, you, are, you, are you 100% certain he loses to Whittaker? <sighs> he is a big lad, Joe. Like, he's massive, isn't he? Like, he's and we know, we know what, what kind of takedown defence Adesanya's been able to acquire. Um, now Adesanya did try to take him down. He was he, he mm. wasn't super straightforward. One one successful takedown in four, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Um, but when he did take him down, it was. I mean, it yeah, was like it was, watching it John was Fitch. It, it was, was like yeah. it, it was. It wasn't good. Um, I I just I don't think there's anything other than the Adesanya rematch due to being. He's going to get it as well. Dana is obviously going to favour him for it. He's been a consistent fighting champion. It's just what it is. And also, people who are like ragging on him for losing, it's like, what do you expect? He fights consistently for one, and he fights in an organisation that is not going to be giving him gimme fights. It's just who's the next contender. It's not, we're not talking about boxing here, where people rack up bullshit title defences, and then oh, you know he's defended the belt twelve times. Yeah, but against no one good. He, Adesanya's faced the best guys. At some point, you're going to get caught. At some point, you're going to get caught. It just so happened to be against Alex Pereira, a man who's caught him before. Well, let's be clear, none of those other fools are catching him. <laughs> no, that's the thing. They don't have the tools to catch him up against the fence. How many times have we seen Adesanya up against that fence? And it's Marvin Vettori oh, I've never and seen Robert Whittaker. I've never seen that. And that. they've got him up against the fence, and they're tr- either trying to take him down, no chance, or they're trying to land on him. No chance. Yep. It just just doesn't happen. I'm just saying it. Like, yeah, I'm actually I'm a fan of Izzy. I think he mm. carries himself well. I, I don't understand any hate that he gets. Um, I just think for the for the division, there are other options. That fight doesn't doesn't necessarily go away. I mean, mm. if Adesanya becomes champ again, and Pereira has just been, I don't know, wrestled to death by Whitaker, it doesn't mm. diminish him as a as a contender to fight Izzy in any yeah, way. But then let's Whenever say, Izzy gets the belt, and ever Izzy gets the belt ever again, it's mm-hmm. like, well, 
you know who who else is out there? The guy who's beat you three fucking times, including two knockouts. Like he, he can never escape that. Whenever you want to dislodge Izzy from the middleweight rooster, like the top, mm. Pereira's that boogeyman, Joe. I mean, but are we gonna just? Let's say he fights Whitaker and loses, and then what? Adesanya faces Whitaker again for a third time, and let's say he beats Whitaker again. Like what? We're just gonna have to then wait. Of like, okay, now you have to fight Pereira again. I don't like this. The reason why I like the Adesanya rematch is it keeps the division clean. Of like, if Pereira beats him again, for, a, for well, for a then Adesanya time. enters the Whitaker zone, right? Where Whitaker is for, with Adesanya. Exactly, and then Adesanya then has to. But then it's like, okay. But it offers up a route then for these guys. Whereas if he fights Whitaker and loses, it muddies the water a bit. What about me. what about if Pereira goes up to heavyweight? Well, that was my other question. <laughs> is if Prohashka beats Teixeira, <laughs> Alex Pereira versus Prohashka for the light the, heavyweight title? The prodigal son of uh, Danbury, North Con- <laughs> Connecticut, or wherever <laughs> the fuck. With Teixeira's found home. Yeah. Right, Joe, I think we've got to move on to the... Uh, the other title fight on this card. Yes, Zhang Guai Li defeats um, Conor Esparza with a... Well, it's not a rear naked choke, it's a side naked choke from a crucifix. With a, with a bit of crucifix thrown in. This was this was quite impressive from Zhang, I must say, that in the grappling exchanges, when you thought they were going to be separate, Zhang was just like, no, I'm diving back in. I'm diving right back in there. She's clearly learned a lot and is wanting to demonstrate it. And she went in there against the best wrestler in that division and just out grappled her and out worked her oh, Joe, she, just absol- she absolutely blew her away she I smashed mean, her like, she smashed her in in the much in the same fashion that we were all calling for I mm. guess it kind of surprised me just how I mean I, I knew there was going to be a gulf and we know that Wiley's strong but the best wrestler in that division yeah. <laughs> could just not just, could, yeah just couldn't couldn't ha- just like you know Carla had the technique she had the positions but Wiley just exploded out of them and you know, there was such a clear mismatch. Yeah, and like there were points where you're thinking, "Oh, Carla's going to start to get out of this," and then just Whaley dragged her back down. It was just like, "No, no, 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 no! I'm we're we're set. I'm setting the terms of this fight," and really did demonstrate that she is the best strawweight going. I know she's lost to Nami Yunus twice. That second one is very contentious for me. I had Zhang Weili winning it personally. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, but yeah, she she took Esparza to task really, and just kind of almost not made a mockery of her, but showed the 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 gap between them. It's instant rematch for me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm definitely not serious. No, I mean no. there's a, just a huge gulf here, yeah. and I, I mean, what can you say? I don't I don't want to be disparaging about Esparza. Esparza no. But, but if I'm going to be, I mean, then I'm being disparaging about the whole division. Mm, I mean, you know, but I don't know how Esparza is at that championship caliber. Like, well, she, she beat Yan Xiaonan brutally, and then she had one of the strangest title fights I've ever seen against Rose Nami Yunus, and won the title for a second time, and then she goes to defend it for the first time, and then loses it again on the first attempt, like she did the first time. Yeah, but I'm just. I don't know. I guess thing, I'm, I I guess I mean I guess you're you're only further inform like further reinforcing what I'm saying in in that she's un- indisputably amongst the elite of her division, mm. and yet she doesn't look like she really belongs in there with well, the with thing, the, 
the thing with like women's MMA is is that like there's a lot of fighters who are good at like one element of it and then the rest of their skills are, are like you, not on the we, same level how can we even say she's good at it when she just gets out out just outpowered because Whaley's that know? good Whaley's no, but she is good. but Whaley is not a wrestler she, yeah but Whaley's she, a, a good MMA fighter no but Whaley got taken down and held down by Rose a year ago yeah, and that's what I'm saying. In one year, she's advanced to a level where Carla, the most dominant wrestler in the division, can't wrestle with her. I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Right, mm. should, we, should we move on? Okay, Zhang Weili versus Amanda Lemos. Book it. Right, now let's talk about what we want to talk about. The violence weight fight. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. Poirier wins... I couldn't quite believe this, actually. Wins by a rear naked choke in the third round. Now, we're going to get into the gore. We're going to get into the, the brutality of this fight. How did you have it scored going into the third? Um, so, I had uh, round one for Chandler. Same. Yeah, despite the last minute, which yeah. did nothing to, to further Chandler's, well, f- future health. No. <laughs> nor his chances of winning the fight. Yeah. But this is Michael Chandler. You know, yeah. this is what I'm saying. Carbon copy of last time out against Gaethje, just letting it all hang out there, even even when he's having good moments. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a, a great first round for Chandler, um, mm. obviously unleashing those huge, huge combos, you know, starting. There was yeah. a little bit, little bit of like light feeding out in the first minute, and then, you know, it just got progressively uh, wilder from there, with Chandler, of course, getting that takedown in that round as well. Yeah. Um, it was quite interesting as well because like Chandler's combos in that first round were a lot longer than they usually were. Mm. Like he was adding, like, he was extra, unloading. He was adding an extra two, three shots. And Poirier made this point as well: is that if he threw a straight shot, yeah. he, he might have got me out of there. And it's, yeah. he's winging these shots, and it's like because I've just so had Chandler's seeing them come in and kind of rolling with them a little bit. Mm. There's a, there's a great replay of that where you see. Poirier's got his guard up and he's just blocking these shots, but it's like Chandler's just not going anywhere. And he, again, if he did throw it, but the thing is with Chandler, how he talks through it, really whips it round. It's like it was quite something. There was also a really sick hand trap right hand that um, Chandler landed, pulling uh, Poirier's hand away. That was really good. And then also a suplex. He suplexed him as well. That's when he still had that full explosive power. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, the commentators ended the round uh, with the comment, Chandler's face is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a Joe Roganism. Uh, oh, God, Rogan was so bad tonight. <laughs> he said to Pereira, this is your fifth MMA fight, a man who's now got an official record of 7-1. and one. Right, like, right. Obviously, maths... Is not a strong point for Americans, which we'll talk about when we getting to the early prelims. But anyway, oh, he also didn't. He didn't ask him what he wanted next. I, 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 oh, I, I hate it when they don't do that. Yeah, Give it's me like a, a call out every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You know, every time. But we move on to the second. So we both agreed then on the first. It, w- it went to Poirier. Mm. The second to name, Chandler. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. We both agree it went to Chandler. Yeah. Mm. Round two. Uh, now, of course, this was uh, Chandler getting a takedown straight away. Mm. And, you know, obviously no dispute, I'm sure, about that second round. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Seeing Chandler, like... Fighting smart. Trying to win the fight. Fighting smart. Trying to win the fight. What he promised us. 
Yeah, and it's like it's working. You're like, oh my god, Mike, Mike Chandler's actually doing it. It's not a ten eight, by the way. Anyone no, you got to do damage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and fish but, hooks don't count. No, that was that was <laughs> dirty, wasn't it? But he was maintaining position. Yes, he by kept, clawing he, at Poirier's mouth to that, that try was, to lock in the RNC. That was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of that? Is that like? I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. I was like, "That's oh, that's a good technique. Why has no one tried that before?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but one man who didn't like it was Poirier. No, he uh, did as not. He ma- as he made clear post right now. I mean, Joe, ch- it's disgraceful, is what it is. It's, it's just dirty. It's and, very dirty. And, and ultimately, the ref should yes. be doing more. But it's it's kind of mad, isn't it? We're we're seeing this in this sport. We're going like that's dirty and out of order. Like you know, there needs to be some order, doesn't there? At some stage, I think we should just be clear about what we're expressing outrage around here. All right. Yeah. So Chandler's got his back. Yeah. He's on. He's on Poirier's back. Mm. Poirier's on his knees. He's got. He's got one arm down, posting. Mm -hmm. And And Chandler's got one arm around the jaw. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to sink in the rear naked choke, so he's trying to get the arm underneath the neck. However, Poirier doesn't want that to happen. Of course, but Chandler <laughs> decides that's going to happen by employing two of his fingers in Poirier's mouth yeah. <laughs> to yank his head up and yeah. lift the neck up so he can get that choke in. Uh, I mean, imagine if it had gone down like that. Did you did, uh, did you hear Chandler talk about it post fight? In the press post-fight press conference, uh, no, I haven't got to that. He said, "Oh yeah, my fingers slipped into his mouth, <laughs> and then he bit on my hand, and I was trying to pull my fingers out, which then pulled his head up." Mm. I was just like, "Okay, sure." Which then also an incredible bit as well. I just sent you the clip of it of these massive blood clots coming out of Chandler's nose all over Poirier into his mouth, all over his chest. Disgusting. Chandler talked about that and said. Well, Poirier said he did that deliberately, which I think is probably the case, don't you think? It looked like Chandler's nose, that it was already bust up. I think mm. it just finally gave way and the floodgates opened. Well, it didn't look intentional to me. Poirier said that was intentional. Chandler said that was the result of gravity. <laughs> just, I mean, I, it, was, it was certainly something. I did find this fight actually quite homoerotic. I, d- I don't know about you. Maybe it's because they're both quite good-looking men, so it's just like, you know. I mean, we love these guys, Joe. Let's Come be on, honest. this it's, this is this was perfect. It was Poirier perfect is an absolute dog. Oh my god! The end it? of that first round was like classic Dustin Poirier, of like the avalanche, the hooks. You know, it's just like the straights coming straight down the middle. That right hand that crunched Chandler up against the cage. Oh, God, and when Poirier's when Poirier's hurt, when he's in the trenches, you know, mm. that's uh, he still has that clarity of mind. That that Masvidal quote of just like when he said, "When the bullets are flying, the Give person me. I want next to me is Dustin Poirier." And then let's get to the third round. Mm-hmm. Poirier subbed Chandler after getting taken down. Chandler got a high crotch, lifted him up, Daniel Cormier style, slammed him down. But Poirier reversed the position, and as yeah, Chandler kind of out. fell off. Like, yeah, Chandler mm. ended up needing to try to take the back, and it didn't have it. He was as he was DC t- pointed started. out, he sent him the wrong way. If he sent him the other way, he would have rolled into his back from there. 
which obviously isn't what happened. Poirier got at the back, and very cleverly it's a, as it's well. It's a mistake from Chandler. It is a mistake from Chandler. Poirier adjusted well, though, when he got the back, was that he didn't go for the choke immediately because he didn't want Chandler to get up and slam him back down like he did against Oliveira. So he just sat there and sort of pulled him down so he was stuck on his knees, just tiring him out that way, no, yeah. and get, patiently waiting for the rear naked choke to open up. Now, you know this, Joe, not only because, of course, you're a great analyst and a, and a prize oh, capture of Holden, I'm talking, brother, <laughs> but also because Poirier, after going through that enormous war with blood all over him, having been fish-hooked and blasted into oblivion and nearly finished in the first, had the presence of mind mm. to inform us of this in the immediately after the fight. Like yeah. That's how in that moment, that's how much of a warrior he is. He yeah. knew motion by motion what he... what he could afford to do where he needed to be for that not to end badly that is that's the most incredible thing, the clarity mm. clarity of mind to be able to realize that and execute it in the way that he did and remembering also the Oliveira fight to be like i'm not going to let this guy go because i know he's going to slam me but joe most fighters you know when they've been in a war like that and they're being asked mm. about what went down they have no idea what's just happened. Yeah, they they all say, "Well, I need to watch it back," and you know they don't know yeah. who's won what round. They don't exactly. know who, what, who was throwing what, what they got hit with. But Poirier was right there, and it, and it paid off. You know, he, he got the rear naked choke. Do you remember the days where Poirier was being accused of having a bit of a glass chin? You no, know, that's like, a different different era, different Joe. man. That's, a different that's, man. A, a that's, that's, that's I mean, back. That's peahead Poirier. <laughs> he left that behind. And then also it makes me beg the question. Just how good is Michael Johnson? <laughs> he finished Poirier. Well, like, well just... a question many philosophers will be pondering in the years <laughs> from now when they look yeah. over that man's record. The true, that's what the modern Socrates will figure out. How good is Michael Johnson? Now, What's next what, for these guys? Yeah, what, what, what do we do with them? I mean, they came in here, Joe, Poirier holding that lofty ranking second or mm. first. Yeah, second behind Charles Oliveira, of course. Mm. Uh, Chandler a little bit further down in fifth. Dariush third? According to the UFC, Dariush is behind Gaethje in fourth. What? <sighs> Put some respect on that man's name. Now, I think we have to announce the latest development here in mm. the in the rankings title weight title picture. Australia, Volkanovski Makachev, it's mm. happening. Signed on the dotted line. Mm. When's it taking place, Joe? February. February. So put then, it in your calendar. Put it in your calendar, indeed. So then, in theory, could that line up then for maybe Makachev or or Volkanovski? Okay, not going to get too far ahead here. To then maybe defend the title in May or June. Makes sense. So then, who are we looking at then? Probably Darius. If Darius wins another fight, how can you deny him? Like and, just how? And the fight is Poirier that he should face. Who wins that fight? Dariush. Dariush wins that fight. Yeah, I'd say Dariush wins that fight. Yeah. Because he is, Dariush, like, he loves swinging and banging. But he, he's not an idiot. He knows, like, I need need to win a fight. Well. I'm taking this guy down. Dariush puts Poirier down on the right side in that third round. Yeah, exactly. Takes the back. Wins the fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. For Michael Chandler. He's he's asked for Conor McGregor. I think it makes sense, Joe. I, I mean, Chandler's lined himself up on this path that he would culminate in fighting McGregor. I don't think he quite realised that was going to be at 185 pounds. 
<laughs> but it seems to be the case, judging by like, wow, the chances of having to cut down to that. My word. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it. I think it makes perfect sense because you know, like Chandler, he has always been on the brink of this. Like, how good is he? He's definitely a prize mm. fighter. He's definitely that yeah. that league of Jorge Masvidal, a like, big promo and big figure. And yeah. the question is, where does he actually sit in terms of skills? Does he sit with the likes of Shurukian and Ismagulov? We don't need to know the answer to that because we're never going to see him. No, no, exactly. He's got he's here for a good time, not a long time. It's a good time if he fights Connor. How about uh, this? Connor, how can he get through Usada? How about this? Michael Chandler versus Jorge Masvidal, one seventy, co-main event of any pay per view. Boom. Oh, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. It does. It does sound fantastic, doesn't it? I mean, as they note in the commentary, who do you lean towards, the Chandler. At one seventy. At one seventy. I was thinking he'd be giving up. He'd be, be giving up a lot of a lot of height on Masvidal. I don't think it matters. He's a smart striker. Good takedown defense. Mm. I've got. I'm, I'm. I'm picking. I'm picking Masvidal. <sighs> Kind of, it's exciting Dana. though, isn't it? It's an exciting fight where it's just like... Hey, uh, we've been disparaging about this prize fighting stuff, but when they're guys who are actually like have some legitimate claim to the rankings as well, mm. and they're not like fucking around holding up the top of the division... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with that as well. Like, And also, as they noted on commentary, you know, Michael Chandler signed a new deal with the UFC, but it's like, I doubt he's going to fight it out, and it's just like, okay, it's clear that he's probably got maybe after this one what another two fights left in him maybe three at push i mean if i offered you this then chandler versus Oliveira two would you be in for that and i or i could have connor versus chandler i'm i'm, I'm taking the connor fight like what? assuming connor has to come back and we have to have all that stuff what about yeah, um, chandler. so someone set up a twitter account the other day uh, as a fake Ariel Hawani and obviously you can buy the blue tick now to make it verified he then posted confirmed Oliveira versus McGregor 170 in June and <laughs> it started getting reported that this was happening um, Oliveira McGregor it's a weird one isn't it it is a weird one It'd be fun how, how fast can Oliveira learn English <laughs> well how fast wait hold on Moicano is he free and does he teach English on the side <laughs> to Brazilians? Just talk about beer, steak, and just say motherfucker. That's all we need to know. We'll get to Moicano in a minute. We certainly right. will. Let's talk about Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez. We'll get to Edgar in a moment. Gutierrez has won, he's undefeated in eight fights at the UFC, seven wins and one draw. How is this man? At bantamweight. At, sure. bantamweight. at bantamweight. At bantamweight. Incredible knockout here. Um, Huge knee knockout, drew Edgar into him with the leg kicks, fighting at range, knowing Edgar would have to come in. And when he came in, intercepted with the knee up the middle, Edgar flat on his back. And you knew he was going to lose, by the way, when they cut to his kids ringside. And like, oh, oh dear. Oh, oh Joe, that dear. was, uh, I mean, that was terrible. Let's, let's, let's be honest, this was a real low point for me. Um, mm. Gutierrez looked bigger, faster, stronger, more technically able, better chin, mm. yeah, more range. Um, mm. Frankie, Frankie, it's been a kind of sad descent. A man who was famous for not being knocked out has now been knocked out how many times since the last few fights? How many of them have been flying knees? Too many for me. I I didn't enjoy seeing this. There was um, 
if you think about also Frankie Edgar at Bantamweight, there's also the issue that he's had, I think he's had four fights at Bantamweight. The first one was a split decision win over Pedro Munoz that I don't think many people scored for Edgar. Then you had the knockout loss to Sandhagen, knockout loss to Vera, and a knockout loss to Gutierrez. It, it, it's gotten pretty dark for Frankie, and um, it's, it was the right time to retire, probably after the Holloway featherweight fight if for the title, if we're being sincere here. But, you know, if um, if this is what we have to go with, then this is what we have to go with. This is what we have to accept. So, anyway, onwards and upwards for Chris Gutierrez and the bantamweight division. Tom, I'm going to ask you this question. Who next for Chris Gutierrez? Uh, well, Chris Gutierrez, I mean, he's got a bit of a profile coming off of Edgar. Um, a tearful promo as well. But I found it, it, got, it got me a little bit. But, well, it was, yes, I'm sure he's had a huge struggle. He just knocked out a 41-year-old man <laughs> in his retirement fight with his children watching. <laughs> You know, it was a break, I, son. Yeah, I mean, it was it was captured well by Cormier. You know, when he was saying like, "This is how we see the our heroes go out." Um, really brutal. I I don't know. I mean, do you think with Frankie dropping out, he was at twelve at uh, bantamweight? Perfect spot for Gutierrez. He takes the spot. I mean, you put him yeah. ahead of Umar Magomedov and Adrian yeah. Yanez, Jack Shaw. He he jumps all of them. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. I mean, Jack Shaw's moved up to featherweight as well, so we now need to maybe move him away from that bantamweight talk, at least for the time being. Um, yeah, probably 13, 14, somewhere in there, I think it's fair. Bro, he's won, he's, he's won seven fights in the bantamweight division. Yeah, but Joe, Joe impress me with a name. Who's he beat? Who's he Frankie beat? Edgar. No, 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 no. Who, who, else, who else has he beat? This is just it, Joe. I'm saying like he's he's not he's not really somehow he's managed to find some fellas who are not killers at, at bantamweight. All right, you know, well, let's give him a killer and see. Let's give him, you know, Yanez or I don't know. Who do you want next for Gutierrez? Let's let's just put it that way. I mean, I think you're right that he's in that discussion now that he should be fighting in or around the rankings. But you just think about the unranked. Uh, bantamweights there. Uh, no, I mean, okay, he should fight. Of course, he should fight in the rankings. Eight undefeated. All right. I mean, I can't really find a bad matchup for you. Mm. I mean, we just mentioned Yanez, Nurmagomedov. Then you're going up into the likes of Ricky Simone and and Yedong, Song Yedong. I wouldn't oh, give Song, him Song Yedong would be a good one. I, I, I think that's gen- a generous matchup. I think it's a generous matchup for him. I mean, mm. I know he's I know he's beat Frankie, but come on, Joe. Everyone would want this fight. Yeah, All of those killers sat just outside the rankings. It should have been. It should have been Don Cruz. What about a sunset? That's uh, that's a rough deal. I thought we were going to give him a fight in the rankings. I don't know. A sunset just won. He's he's not he's not quite there yet. What about Barcelos? That's a that's another killer sat just outside the rankings. Well, wait, no. He, he sorry, Joe. I, I didn't Gutierrez. I think Gutierrez. He's, he already beat Barcelos. Is that not right? Uh, no, Morales. Vince Morales is who he beat. Barcelos beat Gutierrez in the Tough 28 finale. Did he really? Oh, yeah. he did as well. 
My mistake, my mistake. Um, get him in there anyway. Get him in the picture. If he can yeah. win against legitimate opposition, then... Pedro I'm, Munoz? I'm, I'm listening. I'm not... I'll be very upset if they give him Munoz. I want to see him fight a young killer, not someone with a bit of a profile who's possibly on the way down. Mm, fair enough. Okay, now, Tom. Those four fights we just talked about, me and you pick the same fighters to win this uh, these fights. Um, the only fight that we were split on in our predictions was the opening fight of this main card of Dan Hooker versus Claudio Puelas, in which Dan Hooker won by TKO, which was your pick last week. My word, Dan Hooker. What's a performance? Yeah, they call me the Oracle around here. <laughs> they call me the Oracle, and this is just why. I mean, you didn't have good things to say about Dan before this fight. Yeah, you had a lot to say. A lot I to was, say I'll about Puelas. Yeah, please. I'll put my hands up and say this. I had no idea that Dan Hooker still had this in him in a way. Like, and I, I've got to say, I was really impressed. He, do you know what he kind of did? He kind of gave him like an old man beating. Do you know what I mean? Like, where he's just like, go on, show me all your tricks and whatnot. Yeah, I'm not impressed. And he just absolutely <laughs> smashed him. And, like, he did it in, like, the, a really technical way. Like, nice jabs, sort of, like, picking him off at range. And Puelo has got a Imanari roll into a leg entanglement in the first round. And you're like, okay, here we go. We're starting to see what he's got. And then he just ran out of all ideas. And as I texted to you earlier on, probably had a change of career mid-fight like he did not want to he didn't want to be an MMA fighter it, w- it was interesting I mean an interesting fight overall uh, the first like first round when I mean definitely Hooker was already establishing range and he was already making um, Puelas uncomfortable with those straight shots with that range and Puelas mm. kind of he looked like he was not like wilting under fire but wasn't comfortable wasn't the even sure of himself here but we not to the extent that we saw later on. Um, I, I wasn't like, oh, this, you know, I hadn't written him off in any way. Imanami roll, leg lock. How did you think it was going to go right then, Joe? I mean, he put Hooker in some interesting positions. It was I've, I've no, Some of those positions intriguing. I've never seen before. It was it was yeah. very odd, wasn't it? There was, a, there was one where, like, Hooker was almost sat cross-legged and Puelos had figure-fawed his legs into Hooker's arms and they were basically... Hooker's chest was into Puelas' back. Uh, like, just sort of like, he was almost sat on him. It was very, very odd. And Puelas, he was 100% committed to that position. Uh, mm. Now, I, what, what I was looking at that whole time was thinking, like, Hooker was not defending uh, at all from, from ground strikes because Puelas wasn't throwing any. But yeah. he could have out, he could have been elbowing Hooker yeah. if he wanted. But what he wanted was the heel hook. Yeah. All right, we work up to the big moment. They're exchanging... Dan's looking a bit out of his depth. Mm. Players, he sinks his hook in. You can see him grimacing on the floor. He's happy. He's waiting for the ref to stop in. And Dan's kind of looking at him like, what's all this? Get mm. off me. <laughs> and the ref's looking looking at him as well. Like, you've, you've not you've not landed the submission. Mm. Did you see this moment? Like, yeah, I did. Puelas was, was like, he was like fully he extended. Was, he'd he locked like, it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. He was squeezing and Dan's face did not change. And it didn't look, it didn't look close, so... You know, have he you didn't. He didn't that? have to turn on it. Have you ever seen Dan Hooker's first fight in the UFC against um, Ian Entwistle? <laughs> There's a si- he got into Just a one similar for the diehards. That is. He, he got into a similar position in that fight where Entwistle. Had you are a, joking. You saw this fight. You know he what a, he, he had a he had a, a like a heel hook locked in, and it was locked in, 
and Hooker was, and it, it was in, and Hooker's just not tapping. He's just, I'm not going to tap. And he just starts unloading shots <laughs> on top of him at, to the point where Ent- Entwistle gives up the position, and then Hooker gets the finish from there. Like, I, I just don't th- I think Dan Hooker's like one of those guys who's like, I'm not tacking a tap into a, a, a leg lock or anything. Because he, remember also, like, when Makachev got the Kimura on him and finished Hooker with the Kimura, Hooker didn't tap. The, the reason why that fight was called off was because Hooker was screaming in agony and the ref stopped it. <laughs> so it's like a, quote, a verbal submission. Oh, and then when he got him off, Hooker was pissed at the ref. And it's like, are you serious? Like, your arm was about to be ripped off. And he's angry about it. I, I think Hooker's one of these guys that just doesn't tap. Uh, Hooker's a psycho, Joe. <laughs> he's a proper psycho. Now, he is an absolute stone-cold killer. Yeah. And, of course, we've seen him get take so much damage in there. And mm. we don't need to go through it again, but Barbosa, <laughs> Poirier, Chandler, and Arnold Allen last time mm. out before this. But then you're forgetting the clinical displays over Ali Kinta, James Vick, G- Gilbert Burns. The Ali Kinta one had a similar position to this, where Ali Kinta had like a knee bar in. And again, he was yanking on it, and Hooker was just looking at him going, like, I'm not I'm not tapping. He, he's He's demonstrated he's still Does got it, it. Yeah. I would be I am slightly wary of his chin still I, I st- well that, that wasn't tested in this nothing no absolutely not players not that type of fighter let's uh, what's next for Hooker then Do, should we just keep him that 10 to 15 range well he comes into this fight already ranked already sitting pretty one of the guys we might be looking at as a kind of um, you know low hanging fruit easy mm. easy target he's, he's at 12 hmm I don't want to see him advance from there, but I'm more comfortable with him, you know, keeping keeping the ranking. Mm. The problem is, like, of course, there are fun matchups for Hooker, mm. but he's got a family, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> what about this? He asked for a fight in Perth. I'll throw a name out there because Hooker seems like he's willing to fight pretty much anyone. Terence McKinney. Yeah, McKinney's McKinney's been on the come up. Doba. Nah. Nah, you're not that hot on Dober. To be no, honest. I'm not that hot on Dober. I'm not. It's all a lot of hot air for me. I'd mm. rather see Dan as a test for these young boys. You know, mm. like you. But, so you want to be a fighter? You know. Yeah. Basically, what would be nice is if like Hooker, in the next year or so, fought some of these younger guys and sort of built up a bit more of a credibility. It's almost like a gatekeeper before you can then maybe start to move up because he's only thir- he's only 32 now last week we were like fucking hell this guy's 32 but like he's only 32 Joe but the fight miles on him <sighs> yeah long and hard true long and hard miles um do Puez, you think we'll see Puez will, will we see him again I mean what was going on there that was weird wasn't it he just gave up didn't he I mean no, he didn't want to be TKO by teep kick to the to the stomach yeah not after, to the liver yeah after going to the ground a few times in the hope of trying to engage in something. It was ridiculous. Is, it was a terrible performance. Is your man, uh, the other man who loves the heel hook? Uh, Ryan Hall. Is he still knocking about? He is. He is. He's, Let's see that. What, wait, what, Ryan Hall moves up to lightweight and these yeah. two Imanari roll into headbutting each other. <laughs> double knockout. Okay. So Tom, you are the champion. You regain the title. Congratulations. Sense of inevitability to it, Joe. <laughs> I mean, you knew first fight of the night. It became clear. How how soon did you know you were in trouble? About uh, mm, 
I'd say about ten seconds into the second round. Yeah, I'm like, this guy's this guy's done. He's this guy's done. And then I wasn't even like angry about it. I was just like, what is wrong with this dude? Like, he should. Why did he do this? Yeah, I don't know. He's got one of these. He's, I, I wouldn't want to cast aspersions, but he seems like he's come from a nice family, good mm. background, and he's just kind of gone astray. And he's he's mm. a martial artist, you know. He went to jujitsu club after school, and and now you're fighting Dan Hooker in Madison Square Garden, son. Yeah, and Dan Hooker, who's a know, war veteran, he's, he's been in the trenches. Yeah, and truly. you know, you're, you've just turned up as a cadet, and they're just and he's just like you're getting beasted, son. <laughs> Should we talk about the prelims? Oh, um, we, we absolutely will. We have to. Let's start off. Big Money Moicano is back. <laughs> Bro, that was so sick. Rear naked choke from Moicano. The main problem that I have with it, though, is that Riddell was just like, I'm not fighting this. I'm going to keep posting because mm. I'm going to post my way out of this for some mm. reason. Bizarre. Um, but even before that, jab from Moicano followed by a right knee. Oh, that was lovely. My word. Um, Moicano then cuts... I mean, close to promo of the year that we're going to see. It's him and Buckley up for the award this year. I'm going to cut into it right now. I have to be on the fucking ranking, man. This is disrespect. I took a fight, five round fight in four days notice. Short day notice. I was fucking drinking beer eating steaks in Brazil. And they called me and I'm come here. I travel 24 hours. And motherfuckers disrespect me. I want the fucking bonus. My colonel wants money. <laughs> I mean, how can you not get fired up by that, Tom? I, I love the guy, Joe. I love the guy. <laughs> uh, if, if, if my colonel needs money, and I want him to have it. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, a great way for him to bounce back after that slight setback. As he keenly pointed out in that post-fight uh, conference, he was eating steaks, Joe. He was, he was drinking beer. When he got the call up for that to Sanjos fight, so maybe we should let him off that loss. Mm. Well, I mean, if we're going to let him off that loss, Joe, in that case, he's sitting. He's sitting pretty up there. In in, I agree. What in between this? lightweight, featherweight, you know, he's good for both. What, what about Moy? What about Moicano versus Hooker? <laughs> it it does. I mean, that does sound fun. That is two two guys who are in that gatekeeping category, you know, but mm. but very very similar profiles actually. Armor plated hard bastards going at it. What's not to love? Um, your pick of the prelim fights to look at. <laughs> Ryan Spann knocks out Dominic Reyes with a jab. Do you, <laughs> do you know I'm calling it. I'm gonna stop shit talking, Ryan Spann. He's turned it round. I mean, he's just knocked out, as you say, Reyes, who beat. The all-time great of the sport. I think we both agree on that. Yeah. At light heavyweight. He beat John mm. Jones. Three rounds to two. Mm. He gets knocked out by a jab by Ryan Hall. Now... Right. Ryan Spann, not Ryan Hall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Once he I gets can't... knocked out by Ryan Hall... <laughs> yeah, that's a different story. I mean, yeah. Does he what hang can... up? I mean, are you a true... What do you... How do you want to fall down on this side? Do you want to be more in the camp of credit to Ryan Spann? I mean, it I was... give credit to Spann. It was a, it was a hard... It was a hard jab. Well, you're also forgetting the one-two combo that was literally three seconds before it that was so quick that, like, caught Reyes. So he's probably rocked from that. And then he throws this jab that just... I mean, he, he folded, like, 
like a deck chair and he was he was done he was yeah. absolutely done i think i think dominic reyes is there like a grappler that he could face a bit further up the rankings that's not gonna like knock him out it's like heavyweight though but i don't know ryan span what next for this guy well, no more smack talk on Hold On and Talking, brother. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence, Joe. I'm going back through the previous episodes and I'm scrubbing all the evidence mm. of what I had to say because, I'm, I'm, you know, you've got to put some respect on him. The guy has been winning fights by knockout, mm. sits at rank 12 right now. He's got the likes of Volkan and Johnny Walker around him. Sure, he Pretty passes off. then. I mean, Reyes was rank 7 going into this. Give him Krilov. What about Hall or Smith? He's fought Smith already. Who was the other one you said? Jamahal Hall. Jamahal Hill. Hill. Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with Ryan Hall now. <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed. Just give, give me Ryan Hall in some uh, context. I'd say Hill and Smith were a little bit above him in terms of the rankings. Maybe that'd be a bit of a leap. But I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I think Krilov might be a decent show or... Unless they if they fought already, it feels like they might have fought already. Sounds but, like one of those fights that's but, happened. But Smith off the Ankalaya fight doesn't he have to write fight down? Sorry, they fought already anyway. Smith yeah. submitted Span, and that's mm. when I confirmed his jabroni status. <laughs> anyway, I'm rescinding jabroni status. Congratulations. I mean, the man can the man can swang. He can swang and he can bang. What do you make about what he had to say post fight? He's saying he's saying like, oh, I never train usually. First time I trained for a fight. Yeah, his the, the longest camp he ever did was three weeks. That's what he's saying. But he yeah. normally comes out and says that, you know, he's God's chosen warrior. And By the way, he's not fought Krilov. That's a war. That's a war indeed. I like it. Let's I, fa- go. I favour Krilov. I favour Span. Oh my God. He's turned you, Joe. Three week Span. He's got me. He's, got, he's, turned, <laughs> me, he's turned me around. One of those mythical fighters. Sea level cane. Full camp Span. <laughs> Here we go. Um... Yeah, Dominic Reyes. First off, mate, I'm with you in this camp, Reyes. I'm, I'm struggling as well. Just shave your head at this stage. Like, get get that barnet off, and accept um, <laughs> defeat. Accept defeat. Um, yeah, whatever. Aaron Planchfield versus Molly McCann. Did you watch this fight, Tom? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, she smashed her. <laughs> she did. It wasn't close at all. It wasn't. No. So. Meatball Molly, nice knowing you. Stick to the UK cards exactly. once or twice a year. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No MSG for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Off you pop. Aaron Blanchfield though. Up you go. Um, my word. That's that was quite the performance. I mean, I would kind of wish Meatball Molly kind of rode the round out so we could see if it was going to be a ten-seven because that was that was a lot of ground and pound, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was total domination. I, I don't know what we can say. I, I don't want to be dismissive of Molly, but mm. it was nice through butter. Um, should we just go quickly through the rest of the prelims, or do you want to leave it? No, I think we'll, we'll call it there, Joe, because we did have um, some, some news that's just come yes. in that we should yes. get to. Yeah, we should get to. Um, really quite shocking, this. Rumble Johnson's passed away at the age of 38 years old. Um, former title challenger in the UFC at the light heavyweight division. Uh, fought Daniel, Daniel Cormier twice. Had quite the career, starting off as a welterweight somehow, uh, before finally moving up to heavyweight and then right down to light heavy. 
uh, from there. Um, an immensely talented man with a, <laughs> many brutal finishes on his record. Um, what do you think the legacy is of this man uh, in the sport? Uh, I think he's probably the most fearsome knockout artist the sport's known. Really? I, yeah. I, I, I would struggle to think who can stand there with him. I mean, the highlight reel on him. Of course, Glover Teixeira knows all about that. Mm. Ryan Bader, who went on to do, of course, quite a lot in in Bellator. Mm. Manawa. I mean, the guy was on such a run going into the second Cormier fight that he went in as the favourite, having mm. having been choked out by Cormier less than two years beforehand. Yeah. But he had just been putting away people in such brutal fa- fashion. Remember, it was the first round finish of Glover. First round finish of Bader. First Second, round finish of, of Gustafson. Yeah, that was prior to the first the p- first Cormier fight. Mm. I mean, yeah, he was truly uh, a force to be reckoned with. Mm. And I think handicapped by weight cutting earlier in his career. Mm. Um, and, then, and then having Cormier and Jones in your division. I mean, one's bad enough, two is a nightmare. And... The slight disappointment we never got the John Jones fight. Mostly, actually, entirely down to Jones. Um, yeah, it's quite something, but, you know, our thoughts go out to his family. Um, bit of a strange end to his career, you know, that move to Bellator. He had the one fight where it beat um, Jose Augusto uh, Azevedo with a, that Kamara Usman pulling the hand away, right hand right behind it knockout but yeah it was just it was it, it was a case of what could have been really really it's what yeah could have been. i think he was haunted a little bit by some stuff going on outside the cage mm. or a few slightly unpleasant accusations made against him mm. um i think that he did have a quite a troubled history johnson and it's uh yeah it's, you know it's caused a tragedy to end this way yeah a young man 38 absolutely um, yeah, he had, he had actually just such like a unique style as well when you think about it because like he had very narrow feet. Yet he would like he'd knock people out with head kicks. It's just like he wouldn't have like a base to set up a head kick. He was just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to throw it. <laughs> like, um, what was the he had one over? I think it was like Charlie Brenneman was the guy's name. I don't know if you remember that one. I think that was in his welterweight days. 2011, Joe. Um, oh my word! Yeah, that was in welterweight. Well. <laughs> Yeah, quite something. Um, yeah, yeah, a, a, a unique fighter who had a load of potential, but just never got to fulfil it. Anyway, yeah. um, R.I.P. Anthony should Johnson. We, should we should we wrap it up there? Let's wrap it up there, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back <laughs> maybe next week to talk about. The Derek Lewis Spivak card. Should we? Do you want to quickly run through that? Should I, should I give you some fights off of that? I, I think. Yeah, I think we should try to try to join the listeners next week. All right, we'll, we'll come back next week to talk about it. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. You can contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail dot com. Tom, you are the champion once again, but for only a short time. I will be reclaiming it in December. I find that to, to my family at Christmas. So, uh, <laughs> Yes. That's all they're getting. <laughs> right. All right, Joe. Thanks Thank for that. Thank you, Tom. No Thanks worries. Bye bye. Bye.